co-founder and co-host here, Jason Stallworth, and we've got co-founder and co-host, the great Ken Candelis. Dude. We are back with this other episode, man. Number 37. Yeah. Holy crap, man. <laughs> we've been yeah, talking to people 37 times now, or after this, it'll be 37 times, and, and, they're, and they're listening to us. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're eking on 40, so that's almost, uh, we're getting close to that year mark, you know. Um, we're in August now. Oh, actually, September. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. August flew by, man. I don't even remember what August what happened in August. Well, I was just like, hey, we're in the summer and zoop, now we're in fall. <laughs> and of course, by the time this comes out, it'll be the end of August. You guys you know we, we shoot this uh, sometimes two weeks in advance, sometimes a week in advance. We try to keep uh, keep ahead on things. Uh, real quick, though, guys, I want to say from Ken and I both, uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for listening to us uh, blabber here about some cool music stuff. You know, our number one mission, our only mission, um, you know, we're talking about this cool acronym that just hit me out of the blue the other day. I think it's I-B-E, and it means our purpose is to inspire, build up, and encourage. So if we're not doing that, then we're not doing our job. That's why we created Metal Mastermind, to inspire you, to build you up, and to encourage you. And that's what we hope these podcasts are doing for you. We really hope that you're getting a lot out of this. So thank you from Ken and I both. Thank you guys so much. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't even uh, begin to say how grat grateful I am for uh, all the things that Metal Mastermind has brought into the foray. Um, I've seen everybody on Discord and YouTube all just spread so much love and care with each other and they're very supportive of each other. Um, you know, Jason, I feel like this community is just something really special. So uh, I'm happy to do this every day. <laughs> um, it is special. And, it is very special. Yeah, it, it, it keeps me uh, fueled. Yeah, this is, this is just one of those things where uh, Metal Mastermind and the people that are involved are some of the reason why I can't stop doing what I do. So... Um, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, it's, it's really an honor. So, and as we're getting into this guys, so you may have noticed that Ken and I both, we haven't been putting out quite as many YouTube videos lately. Uh, you know, guys, I have not been active on discord. I, I plan to get back into that. Uh, but we just haven't been doing a whole lot, creating a whole lot of new content for metal mastermind for social media and YouTube and that sort of thing. And it's because Ken and I are both in a really cool season of our lives. <laughs> We're both finishing up our album. Ken, you're finishing up the Homeric Project, which I know a huge undertaking. Uh, I'm finishing up my album, Overcometh. I'm in the final mixing stages, about to send it off for mastering, doing artwork, yada, yada, yada. So uh, Ken and I have been both focused on our projects. Um, and, you know, not that we're not focused on Metal Mastermind. We are, but we have been, my voice just cracked. I sound like I'm going through puberty. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> a little congested this morning. Uh, anyway, so we just wanted to kind of put that out there in case you're wondering, you know, because last YouTube video we put out, we got a lot of views on it. So thank you, guys. Uh, we're like, hey, where's your YouTube videos at? Well, guys, we just, you know, it's not that we're not posting. We just haven't been able to post as much because we are in a season of of getting our albums finished up, getting them out yep. there, which leads us into a very powerful topic. And we can touch on seasons as well as we go through this. But Ken and I were talking, and it's like, you know, as you're finishing things up or moving through the process, working on anything, you have to come to terms where 
you have to have pencils down. You got to at some point put your pencil down and just be done with it so that you can move on to the next phase of that project and get to the end result. And of course, move on to the next phase, the next season of your life, maybe the next album, the next project, the next whatever you're going to do after that. But if you keep yourself stuck in that, well, I got to make this a little bit better. Well, that's not quite right. Well, you got to come to a point, guys. Uh, and Ken and I, we, we kind of talked a lot about this a few minutes ago, but there's got to be a point where the pencils, the pencils drop. You're done. Right. right? Absolutely. Uh, there's, um, you know, uh, just, you can be endlessly working on your stuff. And I'm uh, <laughs> probably the king of that because there's so many details with my own project. So, uh, but only recently uh, did I just get the stereo versions of my album mastered. And uh, it really gave me some closure, man. Uh, it, it was very, it was very euphoric, um, cathartic even. <laughs> and uh, you get to this ending stage where it's like, okay, I'm listening to the final product. And uh, it's very rewarding and you can feel at ease. You can kind of relax a little bit to know that you don't have to tweak it anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, what's next? Oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to explore like Dolby Atmos and all that kind of stuff with my studio. So uh, surely I'm going to do that. But uh, I'm actually doing something quite a little bit different, I think, than uh, quote unquote, a traditional Dolby Atmos mix, <laughs> which is really funny to think. But um, uh, I'm just taking, you know, uh, stems from all of my recordings and uh, just panning them. I think I'm going to keep it quite simple this time around because, you know, at the same token, I didn't really start off uh, this album with Atmos in mind. Um, it came along as it grew. So um, I didn't actually have the preparation for Atmos to begin with from the very start, which is interesting. Uh, so I think it's just one of those things where uh, you, you, you've, you're finished with a project, but you don't have to endlessly, you know, go into all the aftermath details of, you know, oh, was this correct? Was that correct? It's like, you know what? It's done. And uh, let's just keep it simple from this point on. And let's just move forward. That's, that's the key element here. And I think, Jason, you're absolutely right when you say, some, uh, at some point, there has to be a pencils down moment uh, because then you know you just you just never get to the other side. So that's that's and where we're at. A, I, I'm glad you brought the Atmos up, Ken, because you know that's something new that came along before you started this whole project, right? So, yeah, guys, you have to think of this. If Ken were to wait, it's like, well, this just came out, so now I need to do this. Would by the time you're done with that, something else might come out and then something else. And like you just said, it never ends. So you do have to get to a point, guys, where, okay, you know what? I'm done with a song. I gave an analogy a couple podcasts, maybe it was the last podcast, I can't remember, but uh, someone else gave me this analogy. I can't remember who it was, but it was hammering a nail into a piece of wood. You hammer it, right? And sometimes you hit some knots along the way. It might be a little tough, might have hit a little harder, but at some point you get the nail in the piece of wood. Guys, once it's in there, leave it. Walk away. Because if you keep hammering at that nail, you're going to damage the wood and the entire, the entire project is just ruined. Yeah, absolutely. And if you remove the nail, that's <laughs> also bad. <laughs> Ouch, yeah. So yeah, it's, cool. um, it, it, it all kind of comes together. And yeah, you got 
you got to be very diligent about keeping yourself on track. You know, Jason, you're at a point now where you're pretty much going through your mixing process and you're finalizing that mixing process. Uh, you know, I know we're planning on doing a couple of tweaks here and there, but, yeah. you know, tell me about how that process is going for you this time around than it was in the past. Uh, what are you doing differently? What is your mentality about that? You know, elaborate. It's kind of it's strange because really the album should have been done two years ago when I started it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I had the tracks recorded. Um, I, you know, I had hired Cameron Flurry to record the drums because he, he did the drums for my album Masterpiece back in 2019. And then, of course, I saw his growth from those two albums. Uh, so it should have been done a long time ago. But as, as most of you know, you know, Ken and I both kind of put everything on hold that we were doing in life to start Metal Mastermind. I have no regrets. I'm glad we did that. And yeah. there were times where I actually thought I might just ditch the album altogether. I've re-recorded the guitar tracks a few different times. Four or five of the songs completely changed. And that's <laughs> there I am overthinking, guys. And this kind of held the project up even more when I finally started to like, okay, well, I'm going to get this out. But the past couple of weeks have been great. The past couple of weeks, one thing I did that was very beneficial was I decided to record vocals in a different studio, which I did that. That's done. Um, Cliff, uh, Riff of Cliff, some of you know Riff of Cliff from the band Quasimojo, and he's got his own studio, does really good work. Uh, he also he has, He's also the face of Replay Guitar Exchange, major guitar store here in Tampa Bay Area. So you know, him and I have been good friends for a while. You guys, you guys know I filmed there, filmed some content for them and for my channel as well. So that was a great connection to have. He did a great job at Man in the Studio. So that was one lesson I learned is like, you know what? Don't try to do everything. Ken, you know, we talked about, and I got this from an old boss of mine when I used to be in the corporate world. She said, don't try to boil the ocean. Right. It's impossible. <laughs> you know, don't try to do everything, guys. Um, I found it's very difficult for me to record vocals in the studio and then have to man the doll at the same time. It's like, okay, this mm-hmm. is just not working, man. So that was super helpful. He had the he had the place set up for me and everything. I, you know, so I'm very grateful. I did have Cameron Flurry, who recorded drums two and a half years ago. I had him remix the drums. So I just got those in yesterday. So oh nice. my God. They sound so much better. They sound so much better. And so that was that was a I don't want to say a necessary decision. I could have lived with the other mix. Uh, you know, I figured, hey, let me have the drummer do that part because he knows more than I do about that. I know that's kind of unorthodox. Usually, the person that mixes the album mixes everything, but I'm like, no, I'm going to mix everything, but I'm going to have him handle the drums and just kind of guide him in, and tell him what I'm looking for, but also give him the ultimate freedom. You know, what sounds better. You hear the music, you know. So, I wanted him to mix to his standards today because I know. You know, two and a half years ago when he recorded the tracks and sent them to me, uh, I still have the stems as well. But his skill level has like greatly enhanced since then. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that was a that was a good decision. But I didn't want him to re-record the drums because that would that would be just a different ordeal altogether. That would hold the album up even more. So you're taking things that that could be a, a major holdup and, and and just put you back further. And you're trying to simplify them the best as possible. And I don't know if these are great examples or not, because, again, you know, I started this two and a half years ago, and, and here we are today. But though, those two things are major. Uh, the only other major change, Ken, and, you know, you and I talked about this, is this is a business decision. There's Guys, there's decisions you make on your art, and there are decisions you make on business. Yes, they can coincide. 
they should coincide because if you're releasing music, you don't want to be a broke musician. And guess what? You don't have to be. Ken, I'm just going to say this, man. This is, this is a little brutal for me, for you, for all of us. Being a broke musician is a choice. Let that yep. sink in, guys. You, if you're broke, it's a choice you're making. There's something that you don't know that you need to know in order to not be broke. The, the idea that you can't make it as a musician, that's just that's, uh, rubbish. I'm not English, but rubbish sounds cool. <laughs> uh, well, I am English. That's my ancestry, so never mind. Anyway, but that's garbage. <laughs> the, the idea that you can't make it as a, if you have that idea, that's your own limitation you set for yourself. Don't set it for others. That's your limitation. It's not mine. Certainly not mine. It's not Ken's. And it's really not yours. It's only yours because you accept it. And that's what you know is your reality. Guys, we create our reality. We can go on and, t and talk about manifestation and, and, and all the other wonderful things about quantum physics and, and the quantum realm and all that stuff. We won't get into that today, maybe later, but we create our realities, plain and simple. So you do not have to be a broke musician. You can. There are ways to, to push through and do it. So again, I got off track, sorry. Uh, the business decision I'm making, the art decision would be like, okay, you recorded your rhythm tracks, you're, you're done. I recorded those with the EVH 5153 amp. Awesome track, great tracks. I just got a sponsorship from Blackstar, as some of you know. Um, I got sponsored with their amp free product, which I did use for my lead tracks. But they just sent me their 100-watt MK3 head, the HT Venue MK3 head with a 412 cap. So, business decision, I'm going to re-record my rhythm tracks with that amplifier. Um, and here's why, guys. I'll, I'll share this insight with you. I don't mind sharing these things with you. Ken and, I, Ken and I are open books, by the way, and we do it because we think that it can benefit you. We know that it can benefit you, right? So, the business decision is, well, if I record... My tracks, which it'll take me about two days to do it. I know the rhythms very well. It's not like some overhaul, right? So I'll just re-record them. I'll use the same levels, yada, yada. Well, if I do that using the, using the amplifier that the company sponsored me with, well, that gives, that gives me more leverage. It gives me more power, and that gives more incentive for maybe Blackstar to promote my album because it's a win-win for both of us. So that's a business decision, guys. And I, love, I generally love the tone of the amp. I love it. Am I going to say it's better than the EVH? I'm not going to say it's better. It's certainly not worse. It's a great amp. Actually, I, I feel like I'm getting more of a signature sound out of this thing uh, as I've messed with it more. But anyway, I just wanted to share that bit of information with you. That might seem overthinking, overanalyzed. It's like, Jason, that's just going to hold you up another couple of days. But again, we switch over to the decisions that are really going to help serve you. Ken, you've said this time and time again. If it doesn't serve you, get rid of it. Make sure the decision serves you. Make sure the things and the people, right? <laughs> Ken's talking about that endlessly. The people in, in, in your life serve you in a way that's going to build you up. So yeah. that's a little tidbit. I, I probably you know, went into some more detail there, but that's just a little tidbit of information. That's, uh, that's amazing. And it's very inspiring, honestly, because I think a lot of us uh, dream about having things like endorsements and sponsorships and stuff like that. And uh, that's just one of the things that comes along with your musical career as you advance and as you become more savvy and as you, became, as you become more uh, notorious and you, you gain more clout. Um, you know, Jason, you are very much a, an influencer in this space. So having now uh, access to some endorsements and, you know, myself included, I, in a different way, I, you know, I'm an, uh, 
part of the audio educators advisory board for a lot of these uh, manufacturers for plugins Antelope, and man, yeah. Gear. uh yeah you know antelope odyssey sound theory i've done for neumann better maker ox sound i mean there's like a ton of these guys and uh you know you make friends and these friends uh they they hook you up <laughs> i don't remember the last time i actually have bought a plugin <laughs> because that's most awesome of the that's time it's just like hey we want to give this to you i'm just like okay <laughs> so at a certain point uh things just kind of start escalating in a way um, that you, you know, after like, it feels like there's so much time in the beginning where you're just grinding <laughs> and it feels like nothing's really taking off. And then all of a sudden, you know, something happens. And for me, I honestly feel like it was part me becoming an educator where it was like, okay, yeah, this is now an exponential increase from this point on. And I see it. Um, which is an amazing feeling. And after a period of time when you are able to uh, really start asking and you start receiving, uh, your, your, your life starts to, to really you know, sort of manifest in this way of um, able to live off of what you do. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right when you say we have a choice in the matter on how we are able to live as musicians, whether we can, you know, profit off of our music or not. And I think that's absolutely true. I think in the beginning, it's going to be hard. And I think that's one of those things where you are tested on your, um, your merit and your endurance, because endurance is a big part of the music industry game, because a lot of this is building up from nothing unless you were, you know, taken through and having, you know, some connections from the very start of your career. For the more for the majority of us, it's probably going to be that you're going to have to build your entire foundation yourself. And that's actually a benefit to being in the indie music scene because now it's on your terms. But you have to be patient with yourself and you have to be aggressive in building that. And you're going to have to understand that to get to a point where you can make consistent income on your music, you have to create that platform for yourself first. So I think you're absolutely right. But people have to go in the direction where they're intending on creating that platform and then learning how to manage that and sustain it that's a key element to this whole thing so um yeah yeah you you just clarified what i what i meant to clarify earlier but you you said it in a in a better way so you know guys i know it might have sounded rough when i when i say it's your choice <laughs> to be broke <laughs> and it would what I didn't clarify and what Ken just did you know, a wonderful job at clarifying is that, you know, in short, it's not that you say, well, yeah, I'm going to be a full-time musician. I'm not going to be broke anymore. And then you wake up tomorrow morning and like, boom, everything just happens. Um, you have to put in the time, guys. You have to put in time or effort. You have to, I think you have to make the decision that this is what you want to do. Ken, you've, you've said, uh, and this has stuck with me and hopefully, hopefully it's sticking with everyone. You have said time and time again, you've talked about what's sacred to you. Yeah, is your music is being a full time musician, and guys, I know everybody listening right now. You're not, you, maybe you don't even have a desire to be a full time musician. That's okay. I still think you should make money from what you do musically in some capacity, 
uh, and enjoy it, right? Make it a part-time thing, if nothing else. I, guys, let me tell you this right now. In today's world, relying on just one stream of income, no, absolutely not. Do not do that. I don't like to tell you guys what to do and what not to do, but I will tell you, please, please, I'll beg you, do not rely on one stream of income. Do not rely on just the one job that you have that might be so great and secure. You never know when that thing can go away. You know, I came from corporate America. There were, and this is not a bad thing, it's just the way, this way it works. There were layoffs every year. Uh, I signed up to be laid off. That's how I got laid off. I was like, pick me, please. <laughs> In 2019, I'm like, boss. Can we pick me? She's like, what? What do you mean? Everybody's scared to lose their job. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I, I just want to, I just want a package so I can leave, please. <laughs> and I got, I got what I asked for. So, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to be a full-time musician. Please though, guys, carry these concepts that we're talking about over to whatever it is you want to do. Some of you play guitar for a hobby. And I, and I respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of you like to go sing at karaoke for a hobby. It's just fun. That's awesome. I, Ken and I do want to give you a little gentle, maybe not so gentle push to, to step it up just a little bit. Because once you step it up just a little bit, so for example, if, you're, if you consider yourself a bedroom guitarist, once you go to that open mic and play in front of people, I think you might get the bug to do something more, <laughs> you know, it's just addicting. So I, I do encourage you to take, put, put yourself out there a little bit, see where it leads you. Uh, but, you know, don't rely on one stream of income. You can take the concepts that we're talking about that and build something on your own. Uh, you may work with wood, you know, you may have, you know, like I got a good friend of mine, he has no interest in, in doing a business out of it because he doesn't want to do YouTube and all, but he's great at working with wood. If I had the, the bandwidth, I'd say, dude, I'll take care of your YouTube stuff. Just let me film you, you know. But that's just an exa one example of many. You know, some of you guys are financial gurus. Some of you, uh, some of you might be doctors listening to this. Hey, if you're a doctor, start a YouTube channel. Start talking to people. Uh, give them your take on how you know how to handle their own health care and that sort of thing. So you can take any topic, right, Ken? You can take anything and run with it. But I, I don't want you to think, though, that I was saying that you just wake up tomorrow and, and don't be broke because you decide not to be broke. That's not how it works. So I apologize if it came off that way. But Ken, you, again, you did a great job of expanding on that. Put in the time. You know, put in the effort. It does take time. It takes effort. It takes dedication. And it takes, as Ken always says, uh, is deciding what's sacred to you. Is it sacred enough to you to push forward and maybe be broke for the first year or two because you're putting all your energy into this one thing, right? Uh, maybe you're working a job. If you, you've got this side gig with your music and you're just putting everything back into it, you know, oftentimes it's what it takes. But just decide that's what you want to do and don't do not. I will tell you this. I'm going to tell you what to do again. Do not give up. Yeah. It, it's, it obviously requires tenacity. So you're your journey as a musician is going to just test you day in and day out. It's not easy being a musician. Absolutely. If you wanted to get the easiest job in the world, this is not it, you know, but I don't think anybody ever chooses to necessarily be a musician. They just become sort of chosen by music itself. I think that's kind I like of, a, that. yeah. I, I think that's something that happens to musicians. It's just like music is like, I want you and music, you respond to the call. <laughs> So, um, but I think you have a point though. I, I, I think I know where you're going, which is to say, you know, don't get too comfortable and say that, okay, you know, maybe it's, it's just not going to happen for me. It's just, you know, you're just going to relax and not take initiative because you don't know that. 
Uh, you don't know if it's not going to happen for you or, or it is going to happen for you. And there's always a saying where it, it always happens the day after you quit, right? So mm-hmm. you just have to not yeah. quit for one more day. <laughs> and you just got to keep telling yourself that don't quit, don't quit. It's just one more day. Just don't quit. And then you get to the next day and it's like, don't quit. It's just one more day. So it's always going to be that situation here. And yes, sometimes, you know, we can, maybe we can have a little bit of a lack of self-control with some of these things, but I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, everything that you do in your musical career has to be done for the genuine reason that this is always what you could see yourself doing in your life. So if you don't really see yourself doing music in your life, you know, then yeah, okay, then that's a reason to not necessarily move forward. But you have to make that intentional decision. You know, don't drag your feet on this stuff. Um, the, the longer you do, the, the more you miss out and the more you will, you know, bring about resentment and regret. And we don't want to be living our lives that way. We want to be living our lives, you know, with a lot of fruitful endeavors. And all of those decisions that you make lead to that point. So... Uh, when I was in, you know, my early twenties, I obviously didn't really realize how much of a value, uh, time is. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not an old folk. I'm 31, but after 10 years through my twenties, I definitely already see how much spending my time with certain people and how I've, you know, I've spent my money, how I've done my relationships, all of that within a 10 year time span. Um, I see how much of a difference it leads and how much of a cascading effect it has in your life. So if you're young or, you know, you know, definitely I want you to consider that, that what you're doing right now, all the actions that you take place have to be thought of what's going to happen in 10 years. And people who are older usually have a little bit more of an understanding about that because they're mature. So they have this, yeah, you're, you're shaking your head. You're just like, yes, I understand. And it's, it's really important that we get this message across because we only have such a, uh, we have such a finite amount of time here. So we have to be very, very, very careful on how we spend our time and where all of that, you know, goes. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you become, you know, I feel like for me, for me, the way sometimes how I look at certain things, it's like, uh, you know, on an efficiency matter. And so I feel like people who have, have gone farther in life in a shorter time span, maybe what, what did they do that was more efficient? Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's, you know, they had a lot of money or they had, you know, connections already. Sometimes that's the case, but sometimes they don't come from that and they make it in their own situation. They bootstrap it and they, and they do it. And you're just like, wow, Okay, how did they do that? And that's where you, you go in and reverse engineer this kind of stuff because that's one of the reasons why someone like, uh, like Leah McHenry was so inspiring to me and Jason because we understood that Leah wasn't like coming from any sort of big household name. She was like, they were broke. Yeah, they were broke. I'm honestly there at the point when, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but uh, I think they were about to foreclose on their home. And her, her husband had just lost his job doing construction. And then she was like, okay, I got to find a way. I just got to find a way. And she just did. And <laughs> it turned around for them. And that's amazing. And you could say, oh, well, you know, it's, 
it was the right timing and all this kind of stuff. And you could say, okay, yeah, that could be a, it could be a factor in all of this, but Let's really, it, real quick. Uh, well, let me just finish my one yeah. thought. Even, even if it was timing, even if it was timing without the amount of effort that it took to make it happen, it would have never happened anyway. So anyway, there you go. Well, no, the timing aspect, because I know people will use that. Guys, you'll find any excuse. I, I mean, how many times, and I've done this too. You look at somebody successful, oh, well, they must have had this. They must have came from that. Oh, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. And we sit there and make excuses as to why we're not successful. But Liam, not only she, she's just got several businesses now, by the way, she started a candle business for a very particular audience during the pandemic when everyone was not making money. And she made it, she built a million dollar business, I think, within nine months. Yeah. So I thought that's a very important point to consider, a very, very good point to consider in all of this. You, know, you can make excuses for yourself all day long as to why you can't make it, as to whether this person had this or they had the privilege or blah, 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 that came from money. There's a lot of people that came from money that squandered it away and are broke because they, they, they didn't learn the value of it. They didn't learn how to make it grow. They didn't learn how to start something on their own because they were given everything, right? I know a handful of ultra successful people that, that I know personally. None of them came from anything. None of them had any superior advantage. So it really kind of gives us the smack in the face that we need and says there is no excuse. And Ken, you brought up a good point when you said, what is, what's the convenient way they did this? Like what, what advantage did they create? Not, at, not what advantage did they have? What advantage did they create for themselves? And you talked about reverse engineering someone's patterns. I think that a lot of times they picked one thing and focused on that one thing. And just from what you know, Ken and I both have learned in business and, and learned from other people that are successful is that they cut out the stuff that was unnecessary. A lot of times we can stay busy doing stuff so that we feel busy and we feel like we accomplished something but yet we didn't do anything that actually moves the needle forward. And a lot of times that thing that moves the needle forward is the hard thing, and it's the thing that takes a little bit more effort. So it's the thing we avoid. We'd rather do, well, this over here. We can just do this for a couple hours. I've done this. And I, guys, I still do this. I'm, I, like, I know I need to be mixing right now in this moment. But I'm like, well, let me check my emails real quick. Why the hell am I checking emails if I need to be mixing? Right. Why am I responding to comments if I need to be mixing right now? Why? Well, b because I'm, <laughs> I'm putting that off because it's a big task. And I'm a little scared of it, to be honest with you. you know? It's intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Doing anything that's worth the effort is not easy. <laughs> that's why they no. call it, it's worth the effort. <laughs> it is, yeah. So if you think about it, it's like, okay, well, this is hard. Yeah, that probably means it might be important. <laughs> yeah. So, and maybe it needs to be priority, right? Yeah, and, and you, you, have to, you have to tackle it with tenacity. You have to just be saying to yourself, okay, yeah, it's not, this is not easy. Um, it's actually very overwhelming. And when I think about the entire process, I actually get scared. But am I just going to, like, let that be or... Am I just going to tackle it just a little bit today to make it a little bit less bearing on me the next day? And you just do the same thing. Remember, I said, don't quit because it's just one more day. It really is the same thing. 
So you do that little thing today to make the effort tomorrow a little bit easier. And when it comes to mixing, man, you know, mixing is a daunting task, let me tell you. And then it's not, it's not something that will be quick either for many of us, for many of us, especially if you're learning how to mix. When you get to a point in your mixing career, look, I, I only feel um, like I've, I've mastered a, a portion of mixing and I still feel like I have a lot more to learn, but it took me 10 years to get to this point where I'm at, where I feel like, yeah, the, the kind of content that I can create does have professional appeal now. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy getting to that point. And I get students all the time who are writing in their reflections. They came to the school to master, to master mixing and master. And I'm like, you spend about, about a thousand hours in this school for this entire year, because it's a, it's a one year program. And they're, they're required to spend uh, like 995 hours by law or something. So it's about a thousand hours. And I'm like, there is literally a saying where you are not a master of something unless you are in 10,000 hours deep. And you're talking about mastering it within a thousand hours. Okay. You have to think about times 10. <laughs> and doesn't, isn't there like a famous uh, book by Grant Cardone about times 10, right? Uh, every he, yeah. The, there's a great book called the 10 times rule. And he just, everything that you're doing 10 times it up your game. And uh, yeah. no, no caveat to that is, uh, and I, I love the book. I actually, I, I gave it to an old boss of mine. I never got it back. So maybe she liked it. <laughs> but <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I'll add to that guys, because I'm, I used to be a big fan of, of massive action. I still am. Um, but putting, putting, you know, 10 times in things and taking massive action, uh, can it circles back around to what you've said in the past many times is, is acting on intent. It has to be with the intent of, of your goal and it has to be on things that matter guys. So don't please, I believe in 10 times. I love it. I love massive action because it does work. You force the universe to work in your favor when you 10 times things, but only 10 times in the right things. So I just, I want to clarify that before we move on because you can spend 10,000 hours on things that don't matter, okay? You can run on the treadmill, you know, really fast for a really long time and not go anywhere. If your intent was to go somewhere to get point A to point B, but you're on the treadmill, you're on the hamster wheel, well, you just wasted all of that effort. So be careful. It goes back to what I said earlier about avoiding the big tasks you got to be working on right now and doing all these little busy work things that, yeah, maybe they have to be done at some point, blah, blah, blah. But you can spend a lot of, you know, don't, don't count that stuff as time. Right. <laughs> don't be, count, count the time spent. Make sure you're spending it on, uh, on the thing that matters, the thing that's going to move you forward. Yeah, that is so, so true. Um, you're spending all this time, you know, and here's the thing, right? It comes back to your why. Uh, that's, Simple as that. You're, my students, they, they, the first assignment that I give my students is actually uh, a, a reflection on why they're doing what they're doing. Because I want them to sort of think about what was the beginning reason for getting into something like audio engineering or, or music production. And for them to revisit that why so that moving forward, that's reinforced. And, you know, as a, 
I, I always considered my why to be is uh, because like this is something that is considered innate in me that needs to happen. I feel like I've always felt that with my music, I was not necessarily like a creator. I always felt like I was a messenger and that the message was reliant upon me to get the word out. Like, otherwise, this thing will never get its word out. And so I have to be the one to do that. I have been tasked, if you want to call it God, I have been tasked by God to do this. It's my only mission. That's why I call this sacred to me. Uh, if I don't do this, I will forever live in regret and never, you know, never be able to see the light again, right? That's, that's how deep this goes for me. So you have to feel so intent about what you're doing. And you might say, you know, well, Ken, it's just like, it's like, you know, it's music. It's like just guitars and drums, and bass. And, you know, why is this like so important to you that you have to struggle through relational, you know, downfalls because people were on your side. You had to move and relocate. You had to do all these things. You know, you had to reorchestrate your entire album. You had to do all this stuff. And, you know, and then I say, because, because I have to, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But I have to, that's, that's how, that's how dedicated you have to, be. you have to just say, this is just something that you have to do. Like, there's no if, ands or buts. If they don't understand, that's it. They don't understand. And sayonara, you got to keep moving forward. So I say this with all the love in the world that, you know, your, your music, you don't, you don't have to necessarily be like me or Jason to, to do music. You can absolutely do music as a, as a form of a release for you. That's just a hobby. But if you want to make music, but again, it comes back to what Jason said. That's your choice. That is your absolute choice in saying in the matter, this is not as important to me. If it is important to you, then you need to find a way to uh, make a living off of your, your, your efforts. You have to, uh, because that's what's going to fuel you. That's going to give you more motivation. It's going to give you more of that in your life. And that is really the, the best way I can think about, you know, trying to get this message across. It, it's just you, you have to find a way to make your sacred duty come to life in some way, shape, or form, and you got to feed it. You got to feed it. Um, sometimes, you know, right now, uh, what we're going through, we're in a stage where we have to focus on the thing that is super important to us. Uh, Jason and I, our own music, we, 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 have to, we have to work on it. That is something that we agreed to coming into Metal Mastermind, that from the very beginning, we said, Metal Mastermind is a platform for metal musicians to come together, huddle, learn, inspire, educate, inform. We're here to do all. But at the same time, Metal Mastermind is sort of like a network for our music to be able to live and breathe, too. We do Metal Mastermind because we know it serves our music as well. So 
we're all synergistic in this <laughs> in this path together. You, me, uh, Jason, we're we're all here trying to figure this out together. But we're like, you know what? This is our team. This is our team. This is Metal Mastermind, and this is what's going to do it. Okay, that's that's how much we love our our, our company and our mission here at, at, at Metal Mastermind. So that's why I say what I say because. And when you when you start to create a, a diversification of, of income for yourself and and a way for you to not only grow yourself as you know your own you know solo musician you know doing music here in the in the twenty first century, but now you're also diversifying your income. You're diversifying you know the amount of people that you meet. You've grown your network, and you you know you you begin to refine. Uh, who you are, uh, like a like a diamond in the rough being polished. That's it's it, it's quite a transformation, and that you just got to be patient. If this is what you want to do, man. This is what you want to do. You you'll get there. You just gotta you gotta keep going, and you keep working at what you're doing. Keep working on yourself. Uh, that's gonna help you more than anything else. In this and one thing too, I want you guys to remember is is don't necessarily look for a way, create a way. Every ultra successful person has created their own path in some way, and a lot of times it's, it's you know going against the norm, against the grain, it's being unorthodox. It's it's very strange. It's almost like Bruce Lee talks about you know be like water, be able to flow, but at the same time, as you're flowing like water, you're like you are you're not flowing with the flow, right? I don't believe he meant go with the crowd. I believe he meant you are that stream. So don't let anything stop you. Go with the flow, but you're creating your own flow. And a lot of times people will say, well, I'm going to take this course and, you know, and I'm talking about more entrepreneur courses or anything, guys, any, any type of thing. Um, was that your text or my text, Ken? Uh, I think okay. it was yours. <laughs> hey, we get text messages during the podcast. Um, that's probably his wife saying, hey, Cook me some breakfast. <laughs> That's great. No, but create your own way, guys. There, you know, there. A lot of people will will look at a program or something like that, you know, and they'll say, "Well, this didn't work for me. I did everything I was supposed to do." But there's an element where you have to. It, it takes. It requires you to create your own, right? So don't necessarily look for a way. Create a way. So I just want to leave you guys with that. Uh, courses are great. Like even our courses, guys. You, you guys know my guitar courses, my guitar players out there. Metal Riff Master, Metal Guitar Apprentice. Yeah, I want you to learn what I'm sharing with you and those courses I do. My lessons I give you. But I'd much rather you take that and make it your own. You know, so what if you play it note for note? Great. I'm, I'm proud of you. And I want you to do that. But, but I'm, I'm more wanting you to branch out from that. I want to see what you can create. You can create something better than what I'm giving you. Why is it better? I know better is subjective, right? But why is it better? Well, it's better because you create it. You took an idea, which everybody takes ideas. Everything we know, you know, there's an old saying, I think Leah gave this to us, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Everybody, every generation, right? And there's no such thing as a self-made man or self-made woman. We all learn, right? We all take that. But it's what we do with that. Is how we shape and form that to be our own thing, right? So you can create something based on what you know, based on what you learn, but make sure you're creating, though. Don't just mimic someone else. Create your own path. Uh, Ken, dude, do you have a song of the week? 
<laughs> oh, um, well, let's actually see. I actually was look, listening to something the other day. Um, Sleep Token. Sleep Token. Sleep Token. Yeah, interesting band. Kind of like, uh, kind of a, a bit of like a bit of a Chris Cornell vibe, but okay. with some modern metal, prog metal kind of inspiration there. Uh, song called Hypnosis by Sleep okay. Token. Interesting. Cool. I like it. It's it's very melodic. I, I'm a sucker for melodies, dude. You know that. So. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. I came across a track today uh, based on a, a post, social media post I saw from the band called Evergrey. They're a band from Finland. Uh, Tom England is the frontman for Evergrey. And the album is called Torn, which was released uh, 15 years ago. And what's special about 15 years ago is that's the year that my wife and I started. Uh, started. I don't think we ever really started dating. We just kind of like, okay, we're together now. <laughs> so anyway, so that's kind of special. But I love that album. It's called Torn, and there's a particular song called The Scars. It's towards the, the end of the album. I don't recall what track, but a uh, really cool song. I love Tom England. I love Evergrey. Very melodic, definitely melodic, uh, melodic metal. And what I love about him is that you can't really compare Evergrey to any other band. And this is what I love about bands like this. They are their own band. I mean, <laughs> nobody sounds like them. They don't sound like anyone else. So uh, that's, my, that's my song of the week. Guys, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hey, head over to metalmastermind.com, our website. Check out our courses. We've got guitar courses. Ken's got a music theory course. Ken, you even have a whole course on how to build a professional studio, like in yep. your home, like a real pro studio uh, yep. for, for you, uh, you people that want to geek out on stuff like that, dimensions and math and stuff. So you're like, this isn't just like, hey, put up some panels and here you go. You go into like great detail in that course. So I, I want to highlight that course because there's a lot of value there that I don't think a lot of people know about. I don't think anything else is out there like it. Uh, we also have our songwriting course, Metal Songwriters Forge, vocal courses, got a bass course coming out. So head over to metalmastermind.com. Check out what we have to offer you guys. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of the week. Until next time, as always, create your own sound. <laughs>